Coming up on Podcast 1678, VW update their EVs with 435 miles of range and faster charging. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, a rather spicy Skoda ENIAC VRS, a new Volvo EX30, and an additional discount if you want a Tesla by the end of the year. Well, those stories and a lot more coming up on today's show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Thursday, 8th of December. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. We'll start with the headline story, actually, and that is the latest coming out of Volkswagen. Now, of course, been a turbulent year with losing their group CEO, Herbert Diess, who really drove them into an electric future. So what are they going to do under new management? Well, Well, they're making one of their sites in Germany fit for the future, they say, and an investment of 460 million euros in their Wolfsburg site, their main factory at their group headquarters. And that'll start producing the new EVs by 2025. An announcement yesterday, a staff announcement, actually, by the CEO of the VW brand. His name is Thomas Schaefer. It was during a works meeting, and they said that at that site, it'll be the next one to make the ID3, and the full production of the ID3 will be starting in 2024. They called it the new ID3, and I think that does refer to it being a slightly tweaked, maybe facelifted, ID3 as well, rather than just calling it the new ID3 because it's still a new model in the lineup. I do believe when they say new, they are referring to a refreshed version, a tweaked version, I'll say. They're also changing the platform upon which they build their EVs, uh, which you may know is called the MEB platform. Bit nerdy stuff, I know. Uh, They're going to call it MEB. Plus, they say it's their first step towards that factory, their main headquarters, being re-equipped to make electric vehicles, and particularly the ID3. It will begin leaving the assembly line next year, but with full production in 2024, in addition to the current production at Zwickau. That is the largest factory, the one at uh, Wolfsburg in the VW Group, and it's the first all-electric vehicle based on the MEB platform to be made there. So what we want to talk about is this new, well, updated platform, MEB Plus. They say it will enable faster charging speeds and longer ranges. They will use the new unified cell in the factory uh, starting in 2025, they say. And that's interesting because obviously, you know, I mentioned that there was a change of management. Well, there was meant to be a new platform coming and a new car, which until now, the old boss had called Project Trinity from the middle of the decade. Rumours were swirling that it was the software that was holding things up there. And then we heard from the new boss recently who said, hey, we're going to put it back to 2030, possibly 2033. At the time, I read that as exceptionally negative news. But let's give VW a chance to tell us their plan and then we'll work it out. So over the next few months, uh, hopefully, it'll just mean better cars in our driveways. The MEB Plus platform does use some of the bits of the cancelled project. Now, they didn't make any reference to the SSP platform, Scalable Systems Platform. That was debuting in 2026 as a replacement to MEB. There was no mention of that at all. So it looks like they're going to pick and choose some of the bits of that into MEB+, which I think could be a bonus. Bear with me on my logic on this. One of the things with the unified cell, a prismatic cell, a bit like a 
like a larger VHS tape, right? So um, a, a brick, in other words, that's the prismatic cell, but a unified cell across the entire company. So higher energy density than using cylindrical cells, Chinese suppliers moving away from the South Korean companies to Chinese battery suppliers. And that was one of the reasons I was very excited about their new platform from the middle of the decade, not just the new software, which was going to come with all sorts of autonomy features, all on the back burner for now, but because allowed them to make any car they wanted and using the same structure, the same cell. Well, it looks like that bit of the plan will be continued, which is very smart. Staying with MEB but calling it MEB+, Plus, they say it means that they will be able to deliver 435 miles or 700 kilometres of range. That's really, really decent. And they say improved charging speeds of 175 to 200 kilowatts. Well, they are technically correct when they say that. But let's remember that the ID5, the new American-made ID4, the ID Buzz, they all charge at 170. So this is new technology that's coming. And it's not next level stuff. Now, the ID Buzz got a nice charging curve. It'll charge quicker than a Model 3, by the way, from 10 to 80%, because it'll take the juice over the entire charge curve. But that's not the fastest charging. You'd hope maybe somewhere, maybe 250 kilowatts uh, would be future-proof to the end of the decade. But either way, VW did reiterate their plan to launch 10 new EVs under their brand, the VW brand, by 2026, including an entry-level model. And if this new unified cell, buying a bazillion of them at a time, putting them in everything from the smallest cars to the biggest cars, didn't apply to Porsches and Audis, by the way. That platform was always going to be used for 90% of everything, and then there was some some quick, rapid stuff that wouldn't use it. But of those new models, if they can bring cheaper cars to market, if it reduces the price of the cars on the market right now, if it gives them a chance to launch new models quicker, well, what's to complain about? Now, uh, it will probably still have the 400-volt architecture, speculates InsideEVs.com, an 800-volt system is reportedly arriving in 2028. Why is that important? Well, it's to do with charging speeds, but also the components within the vehicle as well. But staying with what they've got right now is probably sensible if it means we get to drive lots of great cars. So let's have a look at one of those cars coming next year, and that is the hot Skoda ENIAC IV VRS bit of a mouthful of a name, but either way, uh, it's somewhat of an SUV. I don't quite know how to describe the Skoda ENIAC. It's not an estate car or a wagon, not really a typical SUV. I do like it. It's nice, but I am used to Skoda being a value play, and I had a Skoda Octavia with all Audi bits under the bonnet, but of course I paid Skoda money for it, and it was the 1.8 turbo estate car. Loved it. Loved that vehicle. Um, but it had a you know a modified version of an engine that you'd also find in an Audi TT under the bonnet. But I paid Skoda money. Well, now Skoda are charging Audi money, and it's a lot. So the new Skoda ENIAC is £52,500. Now, a couple of things happening here. Either I'm old and I'm living in the past, very possible, or my brain hasn't adjusted to the new modern world reality of how expensive stuff is these days, very possible. But also, 52 and a half grand for a Skoda. Are they having a laugh? Come on. It's got a dual motor powertrain. It's had a little bit of a styling makeover. It comes in a special green colour. That's all well and good. It's a Skoda! 
Hey, I grew up in the era of Skoda being an absolute joke, and VW, under its wing, have made that a very, very good brand. But still, I couldn't imagine paying that money for a Skoda. Nice cars as they are. It has 21-inch uh, wheels. It has 300 brake horsepower, dual motor, like I say, about 30 about 30 horsepower more than the ENIAC IV80X Sportline Plus. Another mouthful. But it, it, it's still only not to 60 in 6.5 seconds. And if you're offering a VRS badge on a Skoda costing £52,500 and you want to call it a VRS, it's got to do not to 60 in, more than 6 point, in less than 6.5 seconds. Not that I'm doing that day in, day out. But just for bragging rights, just on a, you know, just for the way that the car feels, it's got to be quicker than that. So... Yep, 321 miles is all good. 135 kilowatt fast charging. Yep, that's all good. But still, I'll pop a link to Car Buyer in the show notes if you'd like to read more and have a look at the picture of that. And maybe you'd like to have a look at a picture of the new Cupra staying with the VW Group, but one of their Spanish bits. The Cupra, the Seat, really, but Cupra. And a new car, a new SUV, is coming in 2024. Don't want to spend too much time on this because uh, there's so much real news to get to. Uh, we don't want to dwell on too much jam tomorrow, but this is called the Tavascan, and it's going to be made in China. Do you care? I don't. Don't care where cars are made these days. And, uh, you know, I, I, I totally appreciate if you've got ethical and moral issues around buying something from China. That's fine. Um, and it would be exported to Europe, so of course, meeting all the European safety standards. It starts in 2024 deliveries. It's an SUV coupe. And yeah, yeah this, this is the Cupra version of the VW ID5. This is the Cupra version of the Skoda ENIAC. And if you like the Cupra version of the ID3, which is called the Bourne, and was originally called the Elborn, which is very cool, uh, but, uh, but simply Bourne, uh, then you'll like this. Because I think the Cupra styling is absolutely bang on the money. Hey, it's subjective, isn't it? Uh, I know lots of people like the friendly family style of the ID vehicles, like the ID Buzz and the ID4. They just make you smile, don't they? But the Cupra born and presumably the Cupra styled Tavascan, uh, which is their version of the ID5. Looking at the pictures here, it is just full of sharp lines and more aggressive styling. And just, I just prefer it. Again, very subjective. Pilot production begins next year. Full production for Europe begins 2024. And it'll be made in China. They've got a big investment uh, they have had for a long time. Many uh, joint ventures in China, by the way. The Volkswagen Group, one of those is a big factory they've been building in China uh, alongside their partners. They're in 75% of it. And they'll be making all those MEB models there at uh, Volkswagen Anui, which is their joint venture. Coming up on the podcast very soon, we'll talk about a new battery maker for BMWs and a new Volvo. It's called the EX30. Stick around. Those stories and more are on the way. Now, let's start with Mercedes-Benz doubling their electric drive production capacity. Things are obviously going well with Mercedes-Benz, and we like that. It's a good news story. And their Stuttgart facility, responsible for the production of batteries and the electric, what they call e-axles or e-drive systems for their EQ models. The previously planned capacities have been doubled from 2024. That's a million what they call electric drive units. Uh, that's a million of them can be made from 2024 on their platform, the Mercedes Modular Architecture MMA platform. 16,000 people or so work there. They make engines and batteries and transmissions and components. About 3,000 people there actually work on uh, track testing, which is very 
very Mercedes-Benz, isn't it? You know, if you're going to buy uh, an electric Mercedes-Benz, whether it's got the best specs on paper or not, and some of them do and some of them don't, you know it's going to be a really, really, really well-built car. And that's why they spend so long honing their models. And honestly, they're all very, very good. Now we'll talk about a new battery maker for BMW. Those who have long loved the Nissan Leaf, like I have, will know Envision AESC, or AESC, the battery maker, um, which was Nissan's. Then they tried to offload it, and that went wrong. Then they tried to offload it again, and they finally got rid of it to Envision. Well, the battery maker uh, who was uh, originally there making the cells for for Nissan Leafs, Envision AESC, the Chinese company, are going to build a factory they announced yesterday in south carolina florence in south carolina they're going to invest 810 million dollars to make the high performance batteries for bmw cars they early announced a battery production unit in tennessee has a plant under construction in kentucky uh, so that means there's going to be 70 gigawatt hours of annual production of batteries in the u.s alone between those two sites they did announce back in october they're partnering with bmw to supply their cylindrical cells to their next generation evs the next gen battery cells have a 20% higher energy density of what's being used on the road right now. And let's face it, those BMWs, the iX, etc., are all very, very good EVs. Uh, they're going to be 20% more energy dense, have a higher charging speed, and increase range and efficiency by 30%, they say. Back in March, if I remember correctly, Envision said they would build a new plant in the US to make battery modules for Mercedes-Benz. Uh, that was following their announcement in 2021 of building factories in France, Japan, and the UK. Pop a link to China Daily, where I found that story in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Talking of China, that's where the Volvo EX30 will be produced. Now, at the recent launch of the EX90, there was a picture of a smaller smaller crossover type uh, maybe a, a kind of a Kona a bit smaller than a Kona size car on screen with no reference made to it and at the time I said that was probably just the EX30 the baby brother to the EX40 as it will be called uh, and or the XC40 as it's called right now and indeed Volvo have confirmed that is going to be the name speaking with Automotive News Europe Volvo CEO Jim Rowan acknowledged the tiny Volvo will use the EX30 name he said they are ready to show it off in 2023 so yeah it's a big old window that's a <laughs> 12 month window but still it'll be made by the Geely owned company which is a Chinese company in China uh, they want to deliver 1.2 million cars by the middle of the decade every single year they said that the ex30 being a small city car will certainly make use of uh, volvos and polestars as well uh theory of getting a car in your driveway which is subscription models so a uh, commitment of three months but many people have their vehicles for longer one monthly payment you get all your servicing and etc etc in that and it's a way of getting a car without having to buy the thing up front Link to Motor One in the show notes if you'd like to read more. This is an interesting one that I've seen got social media talking uh, because Tesla has renewed their permission, which the, each kind of permission, if you like, uh, is six months long. And they had previously applied to regulators in the US to add radar back into their vehicles following uh, the expiration 
fast approaching of that. They've now renewed it for another six months, but it looks like this is now coming in January. The move raises concerns about what hardware will be needed to meet self-driving promises that have long been made for more than five years. Since 2016, Tesla has said, and I know that Tesla apologists say, well, Elon's just, you know, uh, trying to create a better world for everyone, and and it's not his fault that he's, he's optimistic. They overtly said every car made from today, 2016, five, six years ago, that they have all the needed hardware. That was the phrase. They already have all the needed hardware to become full self-driving vehicles, and the software would do the rest. Well, it's blatantly true uh, that they have had to change the hardware over the years. Again, I've seen people online, the defendants of Tesla, saying, well, they don't need this new radar. They're adding it because it's nice to have. Yeah, I'm sure they're doing that. I'm sure that they're just packing their cars full of stuff that's nice to have, but they don't need it. Nonsense. There's nothing on a Tesla that doesn't need to be there. Those cars are whittled down to within an inch of their lives. If it's on the car, it needs to be there. So new radar coming back. So Tesla ditched radar and said, we don't need it. We'll do it all with Tesla Vision. And now they're saying, oh, no, we think we do need radar because Vision won't do it all. Uh, Whereas some people are saying, well, Vision will do it, but radar supplements it. You make your mind up. Uh, They have upgraded their hardware over the years, the computers and things like that. Uh, Now they're talking about high-def radar, high-definition radar. One of the reasons uh, that this has come to light now is because it looks like it's going back on the cars mid-January for the refresh that they are doing. Model 3 is probably the first to get it, they say, and maybe vision only isn't the way to go. Tesla say that having all these different sensors, radar, LiDAR, cameras, is too hard. When you start to fuse all of those data points, confusion comes easily, so it's easier just to have cameras, but I would add others seem to do it. So why can't Tesla? Because there's plenty of other cars out there that are fusing either ultrasonics and radar and cameras and LiDAR. And it all seems to work okay, particularly the Chinese ones as well. So watch this space. But yes, after saying, we don't need radar, Tesla have gone, we've got a great idea. Let's add radar. Peak Tesla, that is. Peak Tesla. Uh, They're offering additional discounts as well. Great news for Chinese buyers. Tesla is offering another $1,000 off China China buyers if you can take delivery before the end of the year. A company representative said yesterday on Wednesday, it's a limited time offer, 6,000 yuan. It's about $860 in fairness. And that is on top of the previous 4,000 yuan insurance subsidy and the previous discounts as well. Tesla has cut prices of 3 and Y by almost 10% in China recently. Uh, and on top of that, insurance incentives. And on top of that, the uh, bringing back the referral program. And uh, its Shanghai plant has really increased its production capability by, you know, 30 or 35%, is it? I don't know, without looking at the, 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 the exact numbers. Um, but there is a slowing demand in China, generally in the car market right now. And you'd think this would be a time of year when it would do very well, but it's not. So they're having some elevated inventory levels. Uh, I just checked the UK website, and I, you know, I still presume everything in the UK is coming from China, not Berlin. And it still does say that I can get a car within two weeks. That is unheard of with Tesla. 
and it's mega. Because if you want a car, you've got some good deals, particularly for business finance. And if you want to finance your Model Y uh, with business finance, um, you can get it in the next two weeks in the UK for some crazy good rates. It was like 300 and something pounds a month. I was like, holy bazookas, they're underwriting that to get them out of the door. I still stand by my prediction of a couple of weeks ago that we will see European-wide and UK price cuts in the first quarter of next year, because I think things are getting more competitive. We're going to enter a difficult period, I think, economy-wise. I think they'll just knock a few hundred quid here and there, maybe a thousand pounds here and there off their lineup, just to stay, you know, reasonably sensible, but their cars are so expensive. Polestar is getting faster. The Polestar 2 gets an over-the-air performance update, a bit like Tesla did with their acceleration boost. You could throw some money Tesla's way and unlock it within the app. And now Polestar doing the same, an over-the-air update, which will increase performance by 68 horsepower. And it's $1,195. And the total output goes to 476 brake horsepower. They say that the real difference comes not just the 0 to 60, which is four seconds, um, but you really feel it anytime over 40 miles an hour doing an overtake up to 80 miles an hour. That mid range acceleration gives you a real kick. Now, if you want to pay the money, it's not a monthly subscription. Polestar said that would be a hassle. It's a one-time thing. Tesla have done it in the past. See how many people take them up on that. Lucid have been crashing their cars on purpose. The Euro NCAP has awarded the Lucid Air a five-star rating. I've watched the video. It's a three- or four-minute YouTube video if you want to go watch cars being uh, generally thrown into walls and poles and things. Look, it, it's very, very impressive any modern car. Now, you know, the Euro NCAP standard gets harder every year. And just these cars don't crumple. The airbags come from a bazillion different places inside the car. And uh, the Lucid should be on sale. Germany, Netherlands, Norway, Switzerland, UK following at some point very, very soon. They also tested the Volkswagen ID Buzz and the MG4 all top marks going to those cars. And finally, this will keep you chuckling all the way through till Christmas. Toyota say the future isn't in electric vehicles, but rather hydrogen combustion. Toyota are so desperate to keep combustion going because they just love spewing fumes. If you turn up at the boardroom, they have a few cars. Uh, Any meeting that Toyota have, uh, they have cars just running. They just love fumes so much. They just get the car, turn them over, leave them in neutral. They love that at Toyota. They just breathe it in. They love it so much. Toyota believes hydrogen uh, combustion is the future. They're showing off their new Toyota Corolla Cross. On Tuesday, they unveiled their new H2 concept, saying that the 1.6-litre engine burns gaseous hydrogen in its cylinders rather than gasoline. It has a hydrogen-specific direct injection system. And one of the great things about this car is now it's powered by hydrogen. You actually can't refuel it anywhere. So they'll sell you a Toyota Corolla hydrogen combustion car, and you can look at it in your driveway. Nice looking car. Can't take it anywhere. Before them, BMW talked about hydrogen combustion 20 years ago, if you remember. You probably don't. Um, The 7 Series had a one-off made with hydrogen combustion 20 years ago, and it didn't take off for a very good 
reason. Of course, hydrogen combustion engines also emit uh, nitrogen oxide, which is the pollutant at the heart, the VW diesel scandal. According to greencarreports.com, I'll pop a link to that article in the show notes so you can read more. Question of the week, taking a wee break for a while, but it will return. And thanks so much to all of our premium partners on the podcast. That'll be you, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe, that is global public charging made simple with one app and one map, Milbrook Cottages, uh, check out their website, uh, milbrookcottages.co.uk to book your five-star luxury break in Devon, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow, and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>